Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from our lovely backers on Kickstarter, like Jerome Wetzel, for example. Now, Jerome and I go way back, I would say way back. Um, He was actually one of the people that helped this show become what it was. Uh, Initially, the show was started in 2005, late 2005, early 2006, as the No Name Show with with, uh, DJ Meat, a.k.a. Nathan Haley. And then uh, after like one or two episodes, it then transitioned into Jim and I talking and we found pretty quickly that the stuff we wanted to talk about was not like just random stuff in the news. It was really just me and him talking about TV and movies and stuff. Um, me, movies, more him, TV, and we would meet in the middle. And when we realized that it, we weren't really doing the, the, the format of the show, which was called The No Name Show, it then birthed The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. So technically, Jerome has been there since the beginning, back when it was The No Name Show. So I kind of consider that our de facto date and uh, when we started. But uh, yeah, it, it's been great. So Jerome, thank you so much. Jerome is also the creator of It's All Been Done Radio Hour. Check out that at itsallbeendoneradiohour.com. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible, plus you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. We're also part of the It's All Been Done Presents Network, a Columbus, Ohio-based multi-platform creative network. Let us entertain you. We're also voted uh, one of Columbus's top picks for 2017 and 2018. And uh, we have tons of podcasts, friend works, reviews, videos, and more. For more information, go to iebdpresents.com. In this episode, we talk about the 1984 film Gremlins and uh, anything that we can think about. So uh, you're going to hear some really cool stuff. In the episode, we had Jessica Gibson, Dallas Ray, Ella Pilardi, and uh, Scott Wheeler. But you also hear a little message from our guest, a surprise guest, at least via video introduction, Zach Gilligan, the star of Gremlins, more well, the human star, I should say. He played Billy Peltzer. And so we get a nice little fun tidbit from him regarding the production of the Gremlins movies. And I really think that you guys are going to enjoy this episode. This is the first one we've done live in the Mad Lab space, so it, there were some technical challenges, and hopefully some of that doesn't carry through. One of the technical challenges was um, that I forgot to think about was uh, people in the audience started shouting out questions or comments, and we I hope we tried to repeat them, but if we didn't, uh, we apologize in advance. And uh, also, Jessica and Dallas had to share a microphone. That was 100% on me. Um, so apologies on that too. But it's a live and learn situation, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. If there's anything else you want to say about Gremlins, join in on the conversation with us by interacting via social media or email. Twitter and Instagram is username goodbadgeeky, or email me at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comment on the show. Okay, 
Enough of this. Let's get to the good, the bad, and the geeky live from Mad Lab Theater, recorded August 17th, 2019. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to Mad Lab Theater for the good, the bad, and the geeky live. Uh, before we begin, we did kind of promise a surprise for everyone who showed up. And uh, we have a special guest via video introduction. And this is a person who was involved in the original 1984 Gremlins film. Hey, everybody. Zach Allegan here. And you're listening to a live podcast discussing the 1984 feature film Gremlins. Um, first of all, shout out to Mad Lab Theater and Columbus, Ohio, and everyone listening at home. Thought I would uh, tell you a very quick story about the production uh, of uh, Gremlins 2. So when we were making Gremlins 2, it was shot almost entirely on Warner Brothers Studio in Burbank, California. And uh, people always ask me, were you allowed to have a Gremlin or take a Gremlin or a gizmo um, from the set? Do you have one at home? And the answer is no. And one of the reasons why is, well, first of all, I wouldn't take it anyway. But even if I was thinking about taking a, a Gremlin or a Mogwai from the set, the Warner Brothers security would search my car every single day that I left the studio. And I would say, you do kind of realize I'm like one of the main actors in this film, don't you? To which they would say, yes, that's why we're searching your car, because you have opportunity to abscond with said gremlin. So there you go. I could never actually take one, even if I wanted to, because I was constantly being searched by Warner Brothers security. Uh, yeah. So remember, don't get them wet. Don't expose them to bright light. And I would recommend not giving them any form of sustenance after approximately 12 o'clock at night. See you guys soon. So soon, that's an anonymous, creepy message. But no, that was Zach Gillen. He played Billy Peltzer in the original and the sequel, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, The New Batch. So, uh, yeah. So, Am I allowed to say something? Can I talk yet? Uh, well, <laughs> yes. We just I just, but for, well, I guess let's introduce our guests that we have it's on It's about it. that video. That's why no, I'm no, like no, Please it. do. Please do. Just go for Did it. Did anyone else notice he filmed that in his bathroom? <laughs> there was a towel rack. I did not. <laughs> I think he might have been on the job. He's I think, like uh, all of us. Oh, my God. I think people will use it for ASMR because it was very whispery. Oh, I love ASMR. <laughs> and I love how the antidote was for Gremlins 2. It wasn't for Gremlins No, I, yeah, I know. I said, can you please do it for Gremlins? Not, and I even said not the second movie. Um, but he still did it, and so we're yeah, very thankful yeah. and appreciative. So, Zach, uh, thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, give a round of applause for Yay! Zach. That was nice of him. Yeah. So uh, let's go through our, our guests uh, from my left to right. So we have uh, Scott Wheeler from Cinema Wheeler Tay. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, we have uh, Ella Perardi from Comedy Sports Columbus. <laughs> and then we have Dallas, uh, Dallas Ray from Mad Lab and the – I almost forgot your last name and where, what you were doing. Uh, Mad Lab Ensemble and also The Dallas Show. So, yeah. 
And then uh, also a Mad Lab Ensemble member, and she's also with Amanda's Picture Show at GoGo, Jessica Gibson. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the 1984 films Gremlins, executive produced by we're going to name 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 drop here. Steven Spielberg is the executive producer, directed by Joe Dante, which eh, people might be eh, on that one, but written by Chris Columbus. Home Alone. Home Alone, the first two Harry Potter movies. And just a word of warning for you guys out there that we'll be talking a lot of spoilers and not just on Gremlins. So <laughs> if they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, ooh, really sorry about that. And then number two, uh, yeah, if you've seen any, anything else that we might talk about, we're sorry in advance. So, all right. So now the interesting thing I'll just, well, let's start with this because one of us has just seen it today. Despite everything going on. For the first time? For the first Dallas. time. <laughs> Mr. Dallas Ray. Yeah, I, uh, I'd never seen it. I saw it today. It was wonderful. It, it was okay. Today. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll just do like a quick, like a quick synopsis. I think we just got it. Uh-huh. It was okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, I like that it's a, co- I, didn't, I didn't know how scary it was going to get. Yeah. I say scary. I wasn't scared. It was more. It just shifted into horror because at first it's you know super light and it's like look a really really advanced pet which I wouldn't have taken in the first place. But <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I like that it got it got very dark and very like dark comedy very quickly. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, I would jump to you first, and you're like third in the table, so I'm going to jump back. So, Scott, what did you think? Uh, I think it's a perfect movie. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, more perfect than Godzilla? It's a spectrum of perfection. (laughs) There's a spectrum of perfection. I get you. Uh, I get you. No, no, no. Uh, It's I like it because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I watch the whole thing and I say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, the best thing is is that I f- I feel like movies like this don't get made anymore. Like, you know what I mean, where they they take a really big risk of none of these rules make any sense. Scientifically, you can't back them up. Not really, you know, don't get them wet. I guess they reproduce cool. The, the sunlight kills them, so they're vampires. Yeah. And then also, don't eat after midnight, but it's midnight's always somewhere, which is a great joke they make in the, in the last, in the next movie, yeah. um, making fun of that. But, like, yeah. But, like, the, they, they are so gung-ho in trying to make you believe the premise that, you, I, at least for me, I didn't care. Like, I mean, it's some, if I think about it too hard when the movie's over, then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, this, this, this doesn't hold up. But. Well, yeah, it's my favorite Christmas movie, and then it's also my favorite Cocoon movie. Cocoon 2 is number 2 Alright so Ella Ella, what did you think of the movie? Um, Second favorite Cocoon movie Um, Which Cocoon movie? The first one The first Cocoon one The first Cocoon with um, William R- w- w- Wilford Brimley, who's like I think only 40 but he looks 80 in that movie Everybody that's 40 used to look 80 to me no, I watch this movie every Christmas. It's a great Christmas movie, so mm-hmm. it's tradition for me to watch it every year uh, in the holiday season. Uh, as far as the rules not making sense, it's a movie, so it's fine. Howie Mandel, little yeah. side story. I once sold him a pin at Disney World. He's the voice of, you know, Gizmo. Gizmo. Yeah. So, yeah, I met the voice of Gizmo. That's awesome. <laughs> you just watched it the first time today. Shush. Um, Why was he buying a pen? I don't know, but he was not. He was very proud to be Howie Mandel. He was wearing a T-shirt that said deal or no deal. 
So he was not trying to be inconspicuous. Um, <laughs> He's like, <laughs> did he try to get you to make him a deal or no deal on this pen? No, he had money. He just bought it. Anyway, it's a good movie. Next. <laughs> All right, Jessica, what did you I also really like this movie. I haven't seen Cocoon since I was probably four, so I could not say a good comparison. So this is probably number one for me. I watch it indiscriminate of time or season. (laughs) But I do have the excuse once it hits Halloween to put Gremlins on at the video store and continue watching it through Christmas. So it's versatile. It's also up there with was it Nightmare Before Christmas and yeah. uh, and other movies, which it was is, released in summer. It so. was June eighth, which was also in 1984, which is also the same day that Ghostbusters was released. Well, let's talk about the fact that we've all I think we've all pretty much said that it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Which Dallas, I mean, being that you watched it recently, do you feel it's a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, because there's Christmas in it. But my favorite part of the movie is when they're like, we started the chimney and the fireman came and we expected there to be a cat and it was her dad. Oh my God, yeah. So, so it's like, what? Perfect. So keep, keep going. <laughs> well, well, the best part is too is like Phoebe Cates sells it and it's, I mean, it's really, it, the whole scene's really good. But like, supposedly there was a, uh, I have random factoids, by the way, prepped and ready to go. And this is one of them was apparently uh, the Santa speech was apparently the executives did not like it. And they went to Steven and Steven's like, I think it's a little too morbid. Like, we should probably cut it. But Joe Dante was just like, every time he would show a new cut of the movie, he would refuse to cut it out. And finally, Spielberg's just like, I'm with Joe. I mean, I don't get it, but it's your movie. Please do whatever you want. Which is interesting because there's a lot of weird notes where like, Spielberg won in certain things. Like, apparently Gizmo was supposed to turn into Stripe originally. There was no Stripe. And then so the production team had to, like, frantically create a Mogwai that had a Stripe on it and then redo Gizmo's animatronic face to make it look more pleasant. And also, like, originally Billy killed Stripe at the end, not Gizmo, where Gizmo flies across and pulls it. That was Steven Spielberg because he's just like, kids are going to love Gizmo. And we need a feel for one of them. And I'm like, do we? <laughs> we need to sell a ton of these. Let's well, make that's what it is. Yeah. It really, but yeah, it was a huge uh, uh, merchandising thing, which was funny. When I was little, I remember kids my age were seeing the movie. And they were just liked how mischievous the Gremlins were. But I never saw any toys for them. But I know they do exist. Like, there was, there was a whole thing. There was plush animals and the whole I had the Gizmo out. toy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah remember see, the McDonald's toys? I no. No, they had McDonald's toys for them. <laughs> they oh. had McDonald's toys. Yeah. What, what were they like? Little figurines. Like Gizmo on a in the Barbie car or whatever. That's pretty awesome. It was. And by the way, that means that toy was probably bitching because <laughs> all the Mc, no, all the eighties. <laughs> what? McDonald's toys. Yeah. All the eighties McDonald's toys were the fucking shit, man. Like, were like they? the Muppet Babies ones. I mean, they were all. Is that one you could dress up the McNuggets? Yeah, oh, they had one where you could dress up the, the McNuggets. That was the 90s. Oh, that was the 90s? Yeah. I thought that, that was... I was just asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, Arby's had the best toys, the little figurines. I don't know if anybody remembers the no. Arby's Mr. Mist and Little Mist Oh, figurines. I no. know what you're talking about. They look like... I don't even know how to describe it. They look like a really bad 60s, 70s UPA cartoon <laughs> acid trip in animated form, and they made figures for them. Yeah, it looked like the stuff that didn't make it into, like, Sgt. Pepper's cartoons or something yeah sergeant pepper is lonely hearts oh, no, the, like yellow submarine yellow like all submarine. the discarded characters are. yeah like it, they look like little 
Oh. Uh, nebulous okay. shapes, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, these yep, things? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. What is you, that? They would come oh, in Arby's. That's like, like the Little Miss Sunshine. Little, little Miss. Mister, oh. Little Mister. Yeah. Punch your face. I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. were. The Arby's would have them all. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Forever. Man, I have not thought of that in a long time. Damn, those are cool. Yeah. So this is actually, if you watch the second one, this that's more of a straight up like f- like chaotic farce. Like it makes fun of just sequels, mm-hmm. and even makes fun of the first movie like hardcore. But this one, this one, as Dallas said, this one veers really into horror pretty quickly. When we watched it the other day, Jess and I, I, I really do feel like the scene with the mom in the house in the Gremlins. It's it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's actually it's just a it's just a the the intensity builds up really well. Even though I I think I said to Jessica when we were watching, I was like, they have that really wonderful shot of do you hear what I hear, and then they show like uh, she goes through and you see her, and then when she turns around you see the shadow of stripe, and mm-hmm. it's look I mean it's crazy creepy, and then then she hears another noise and she goes into the kitchen and voila. But like I just I was like man, it's really bright in that house to create to cast that shadow. <laughs> But wait, the, plus yeah, sunlight. Wait, right, right, and but but <laughs> oh. even with that, it's still it's still just a downright creepy scene. And I I think I read in preparation for that. I think I showed it with Jessica when she stabs the gremlin with the knife. If you pay attention in the background, he's kind of like slowly pulling it up and like kicking his arms up. And apparently there was a shot that would have pushed into rated R territory where he, he's slowly pulling up and they focus on it while she's like spraying the gremlin and putting him in the microwave. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> like, well, apparently they cut off her head originally, too. They were going to cut off the mom's head. Yeah, with one of the swords that dropped, they were going to take it. Oh. It's just ridiculous because mom wrecks the gremlin's shit. Yeah. She messes them up. <laughs> oh my and God. I was like, what are you doing her dirty, getting her caught up in this Christmas tree? Mm-hmm. She just slaughtered Three of them. Yeah. Mom's a badass. She's a badass. Oh, yeah. And, BA. And, the, right. and the thing with the, the toy in the in the stocking, which Jessica did point out, I was like, who the fuck's toy is that? <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, well, I mean, have you seen Billy's room? It's probably for Billy. But, I mean, it's a valid question. Maybe it's Billy's Corey room? Feldman's. Yeah. It's Corey Feldman's. I don't understand Pete. Billy's deal, though. Like, he's working in a bank. He's old enough to do that. But he hangs out with, like, 12-year-olds. Well, and they keep saying he's a teenager. Oh, yes. Have so you not seen Stranger Things? That's what people did in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Teenagers hung out with young boys. I couldn't oh, get yeah. a in a TV good way. in his room that I was certain was going to fall on his head. He had that TV that just like... Oh, yeah, the old TV. And I was like, that's going to crush something. That's yeah. all I focused on. Cool. Not a gremlin. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> so this film, I think, for me, because uh, I, I don't remember the howling as well, because um, Joe Dante did the howling. He likes to throw a lot of sci-fi references into his movies. And Gremlins, at least, it actually is kind of foreshadowing. Like, they play, I think, the... Uh, what, what's the movie? It's like, the they're, the here, they're here, they're here, they're already... Body Snatchers? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, yeah the original one. And, and, oh, and that's my favorite Cocoon movie. That's your favorite Cocoon <laughs> Just think about it. <laughs> no, Grim, I like Gremlins. Gremlins? They're t- 1A, 1A, 1B. <laughs> I, I forgot about the cocoons and body snatchers. <laughs> no, those are pods. Those are pods. Yeah, yeah. Pods. they that's look like gigantic. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Different. That's my favorite pod movie. Did uh, <laughs> Did anyone catch the cameo by Steven Spielberg? Yes. I mean, well, Jessica, I pointed it out dog. to you, but he was He's the, the guy dog in, yeah. in the wheelie like thing. So when Roy uh, Hack, was it Roy Axton? 
the dad, dad. Ma- Randy dad, Peltzer. Yeah. yeah, he's at the convention. There's a guy that walks by on like on a weird bike cart. That's Steven Spielberg. Oh, the, oh yeah. The guy, the weird like, he looks like a mad scientist, like white hair, like you know, behind him on the on the phone behind the dad. Mm-hmm. That's the composer Jerry Goldsmith. They had the time machine in the background of that scene too, from H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. If you paid attention in one shot, he's like, "Well, let me talk to your mom or whatever." How things are gone, and it shows it starting to go up. And then when you cut back to Billy and you cut back to them, the time machine's gone. Ooh. <laughs> it's like a weird little thing. And then, oh, and then Robbie the robot is yeah. is walking by, and he's trying to do like he's trying to guess his weight. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really weird. I've never noticed any of these things going on. In the yeah, movie. he's at the sci-fi. Convention. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, inventors convention. Right? Inventors convention. Yeah, which that was the scene that got cut out was how they explained how Gizmo got his name, which was he was playing with the, the bathroom buddy and he we watched one deleted scene where he was talking to the old Chinese man and he was like, this is a great little Gizmo. It's called the bathroom buddy. Mm-hmm. And oh, they started yeah. it working and now apparently. Bathroom buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, say you okay. say you're say you're walking around there and, and you realize you got a big meeting today and you go, Oh I didn't shave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Me good thing I have my bathroom buddy here and I can just giant <laughs> thing out of your pocket. Uh, yes. Very inconvenient. You may as well just have a Swiss Army knife and like It's broken by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you supposed to wash everything off? I guess find a bathroom. He he didn't think that far, which is why it's a flawed product. <laughs> it's just so big. It's yeah, the '80s was all about like bad inventions. Like every movie had like a bad invention that didn't do what it was supposed to. Well, do. this one had all of them. This yeah. one, yeah, <laughs> every single one. Oh, also, like, is it, he had like a, a a card counter or something like yeah. that yeah. too. And I was like, what are you gonna do with that? He's <laughs> like, gonna create Uno Attack. <laughs> Uno Attack. And then he did. <laughs> and then, I leaned over to Nick. I was like, did card dealers not exist? <laughs> In the 80s? Like mechanical? I figured he was either fixing it for like a side job or he was like trying to use it to create something else. And then, you know. Gremlin it, killing weapons. Yeah, then the gremlins kind of screwed things up. Also, uh, interesting thing was actually Jessica said it. I was going to save it till after the movie was over, but she leaned over. She's like, I think that's the set from Back to the Future. And I was just like, it is. It is. Uh, the movie theater is where Marty ran the. The car into the theater. You can't see the clock tower, but it's there. That whole street is just, yeah. And when I said that this movie is, what did I say it was? It was like unbelievable. Your I don't top know. pod movie? Yeah, it's yeah. my top pod movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's your top pod and cocoon movie. Well, it doesn't make any sense, and I'm not talking about the roles. Those make perfect sense. It's the, <laughs> okay. it's the fact that it's a Warner Brothers movie, but they show extensive scenes from a Disney movie. Oh, which well, you would never see today. No, you would not. They, that's they play Spielberg, extensive man. scenes from Snow White. I, I was interested to see what you thought of the end of the movie. So for those who don't remember, the gremlins go into a theater. And matter of fact, she's like, what are they doing? They're watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And, and they're really enjoying it. Yeah. So, but Dallas is, I mean, we're all huge Disney, but Dallas in particular is a big Disney fan. I was like, that, I'm just intrigued on what he thought of that. I said, of course they picked the most annoying Disney movie to watch, and they loved it. Hi-ho! 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 That's the best thing. It, it really, and also, like, was it, they, they're putting, like, popcorn bags on their ears and all kinds of crazy stuff. There was one of them wearing mouse ears in the background and doing stuff. And also, there's one of them that really wants some fucking milk duds. 
and keeps bugging Stripe for him. <laughs> Most relatable gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> the milk dud gremlin. And then, poor, yeah, and then Stripe got up. If it wasn't for that milk dud gremlin, Stripe would have died in the theater with the rest of them. So, oh, okay. milk so what, did, what do gremlins do? What do, what do gremlins do? They, well, just, like, they cause havoc by like, role-playing different characters and then acting out those roles. They do. Oh, matter of fact, at one point, I didn't catch it till this, this one time. It was like they, one of them was wearing Mrs. Deagle's wig. And yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. So Stripe, there was one they were playing poker at the table. Stripe, and, and matter of fact, she's like, meh, 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 the cheater. And then Stripe kills the other grandma. I was like, I think that's Mrs. Deagle's costume. <laughs> or, or not her costume. It was her wig and her whatever. Her and her, uh, yeah. Ugh. Her coat. Yeah. Mrs. Deagle. Well, that was a subplot Mrs. that got Deagle. cut, too, was she was, going, she was buying up the whole town so she could close Kingston Falls down and... Yeah, there was a whole other subplot that got cut There's out. There's a lot movie. of strong female characters, for better or worse, in this '80s film. We'll give it that. That is true. I mean, yeah, Phoebe Cates is well. There, which we looked this up. There's a thing that apparently this movie placated the rumor that the holidays are the most depressive time of the year, and I thought that was true. And and then we looked it up, and it's like, no, statistically, that is just horribly wrong. So when Phoebe Cates is, or you know, Kate is telling Billy like. Why is everyone so happy at Christmas time? Like a lot of people get depressed and it's really bad. And I'm like, I always thought that was okay, but that is not the case. That but, it's the highest rate of depression it, of the year. You mean? Yeah, it's, it's usually. Not, she says most people commit, more people commit suicide, suicide during the holidays than any other time of the year, and that's the opposite of what's true. It's the like. It's was it out. fall and spring, oh, like, right? Because yeah, when the weather changes, is when people the suicide rate spikes, according to the CDC. So this bothered, bothered me this last time I watched it. Why didn't Stripe just jump into the pool right to the get-go? He broke into the YMCA. Why is he trying to, like, he hides into the one panel um, so he can, like, just scare Billy? That would be for dramatic intent. I appreciate the dramatic intent. I guess, but in, <laughs> in, I guess after thinking about it, I was just like, oh, why, yeah, why would he do that? I mean, yeah, cool. He got, he got, a, he got, a, he got a, a swipe in. Like, he hung a dog from Christmas lights. Oh, my God. Yes, he did. Without killing it. Yeah. Kind of impressive. <laughs> Which? Too, he's kind of dramatic. So, he's so, kind of El- so Ella mentioned earlier that the mom was supposed to get her head chopped off. Originally, the dog, Barney, was supposed to die there, too. Um, and it led to further problems between <laughs> Mrs. Deagle and Billy. Oh, because he probably thought she killed the dog? Yeah. 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 And also, I caught, too, I, I've seen this movie so many times, but where she even goes, uh, She's like, I forget how she says it, but she mentions, she almost says, makes a reference to a door. And remember, he goes, well, the door was locked. Well, maybe she broke into the, through the door. And she's like, uh, when she threatens the dog, and he's like, well, he's not here right now. And, and I was just like, oh, that's like a further, it was supposed to further the subplot where, you know, he really thought everything was Mrs. Deagle's fault. But uh. sheriffs, not that, not that, not good sheriffs either. Sheriff. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is they're driving along in the, the fucking gremlins are on top of Santa Claus and they're like, isn't that, this is wrong name, but like, isn't that Billy Mays? Like, is he dresses as Santa Claus every year. Yeah. <laughs> he's the clean guy. He's not getting clean now. He's, but like the gremlins are all over and well, they all like, yeah. start the car, Frank. Start the car, Frank. Can you put start the car? I'd like to go back now, please. And he's just watching. He's like, what the hell is that on him? Like, you're a police officer. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you play Santa every year. That's what you see when you see a bunch of little monsters tearing him apart. Oh, no. oh my god! Like, like it's just—it it is. But like, 
it, that's that, that's again another one of my favorite little like dark humor moments in the movie where and also there's the gremlin going la 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 and he's like slowly winding the window up like do something like take your car yeah you hit the guy but you might knock a gremlin off or something but uh oh and also during the police station he's like this thing multiplies with water hey uh frank get some water yeah no <laughs> what are you doing but so what do we think of the effects of the movie for an 80s film? I mean, were they yay? Okay, so each of these gremlin, which there get to be quite a lot of them, is animatronic, right? Yes. There's also stop motion. There was one major scene motion. of stop motion when which they're one? like... Where after they come they... out of the dark yeah. the street. Like Stripe comes out first into the light and then he turns around and he's like... Meh. They all come out. Yeah, yeah. That's my gremlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only stop motion scene in the movie and originally they were supposed to be a monkeys wearing gremlin costumes no joke stupid. that's no it's totally stupid that's what the that's what warner brothers executives wanted and and he and this special effects guy chris wallace he was just like he's like i think i'm saying his name like yeah chris wallace he's just like i don't think that would work we could do it really quickly with either stop motion or give us a little bit more money we can do animatronics and yeah so <laughs> well, they put the gremlin mask on uh, on the monkey, and apparently in Joe Dante's office, and it just started shitting everywhere and started going batshit insane. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, which I do? would too. I mean, I would definitely, you know, defecate on Joe Dante's desk, and you know, uh, I like these a, executives. Just put some monkey, you know. Yeah, put some mask right. on the monkeys. And apparently, the the story goes is that after they got the monkey the hell out of there, Joe Dante just turned to Chris Wells. He's like, "So puppets or anime?" <laughs> Or, you know, stop motion. Yeah, let's do that. Which is funny because he ended up hated working on the movie <laughs> because Spielberg would come up. He's like, well, because, again, Gizmo wasn't supposed to be the, the good guy. So now we have Gizmo last minute being thrown into scenes he's not even was never meant to be a part of. And also, like, Zach Gilligan complained, I think, in one interview. He's like, yeah, it was really awkward kissing Phoebe Cates. Like, and I was super excited for it because I had a mad crush on her. But it was weird because... Steven Spielberg was like, turn a little bit more this way. He was like helping Joe direct the scene because he wanted you to see Gizmo. Oh. <laughs> like, and he's like, really? That's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work here, man. And you wanting me to show Gizmo to the. First mistake, getting excited about a kissing scene. That's, They're that's true. <laughs> well, I think that was his first major, major, major movie. And like, the, one of the reasons why they cast <laughs> and his him. last. He was, he was in wax. He was in, that's true. He was in waxworks though as well. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. So like, Scott yeah, that's, said, I know, I know. That's such a big, such a big oh, movie. He was in a, the new batch. Yeah, that's true. That I feel like that movie was supposed to be a big hit for everybody and it just wasn't. And yeah. it's a cult classic now. It is. I, I, I like it a little bit more than this film, but it's a completely different film mm-hmm. at all. Um, you like it more, you said? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's again, funny, it's a very but it's yeah. a very different movie though. Like, like yeah. the Frank Sinatra bit, yeah, and the Lady Gremlin. I, I was it. excited because Hulk Hogan was in it, and then it was just like a cameo. Shocker Gremlin. Yes. Oh, there is a Key and Peele sketch too. Yes. So in Gremlins two, Rick Baker, the guy who did the effects. 
he only so first off they tried making a movie for years and they couldn't get off the ground because Gremlins was a huge hit for Warner Brothers and Joe Dante's like I'm done I don't want to do it and so he walked away and they kept going to like Ridley Scott and all these other people and they're like we don't want to fucking do Gremlins too are you kidding me <laughs> and so and finally they just they wanted it so bad to make that sweet Gremlins money and so they went mm-hmm. to Joe Dante and they're like we'll give you full you have full you can do whatever the fuck you want and so he's like, so I want Rick Baker. So Rick Baker's like, well, I will only do it if I can make up and create Gremlins. And he's like, so, which is, this is the Key and Peele sketch, technically. He's like, so what if I want a, a girl Gremlin with big old boobies and big old red lips? It's in the movie. <laughs> All right, what if I want an electric Gremlin? It's in the movie, Rick. Uh, what about a spider Gremlin? In the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he just kept going. And, and he's like, and the original Mogwais, they'll all look different. They'll all have names. So they just don't look like, you know, Mogwai 1, Mogwai 2. It's like Lenny, George, Daffy, and Mohawk. You know, just like, cool. So then they gave Joe Don. Joe Don is like, I'll do it. And they gave him, he could do whatever he wanted. So he made, he just made fun of the first movie horribly. And then he had like a Looney Tunes cartoon at the beginning. Chuck Jones had a cameo in Gremlins, 1984. He was the guy he was showing the artwork to at the bar. And he's like, what do you think of this, Chuck? And he's like, it's pretty good, Billy. That's Chuck Jones. Nice. So, yeah, so he's a, honestly, it's like a gigantic Looney Tunes movie that's better than Back in Action or Space Jam, but with gremlins <laughs> because it's just madcap insanity. I, I mean, that's yeah. – which I like Looney Tunes, so that's why I like gremlins too. I'm always re- I always forget that Judge Reinhold's in this movie. Yes, Judge Reinhold. Just, the honorable the judge, Judge he Reinhold. He kind of disappears. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he hits on Phoebe Cates, and then he's like – Well, so I showed – yeah, we, mm-hmm. I showed Jess one of the deleted scenes, which is where after the big depressing, that was my father in the chimney scene, <laughs> they, they hear a noise and they go check it out. And he's just like, well, they, they got the, the bank manager and they show a picture of him and they like took his nameplate and ran it through his chest. Uh, and he looked, oh, really? And, yeah. yeah, it was kind of actually kind of disturbing, even for that film. It, <laughs> and then he's just like, they got him, but I was smart and locked myself in this thing. And he's in the vault. He locked himself in the vault. Oh. And he's like sweating profusely. He's like, they didn't get me. And then he's, he's like, like uh, I'm going to be yeah. I'm the president now. And they're like, we need to get you out of here. And they're like, why? You think I'm going to give you a job? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, well, you I'm think you're going to be the vice now. president <laughs> of the company now that, that I'm the president? Well, you're not getting it, Peltzer. And they're like, okay. And they just they lock him back in. It's just kind of. Yeah. Well, click, the, click. the Futtermans. I edited it. Did anyone feel really kind of sad that that happens with the Futtermans? The first time you hear the music. Yeah. So I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they played the Gremlin rag. Yeah. Murray. <laughs> Murray. It's like should have should have got a Zenith because at the time they were still made in the U.S. and apparently he's very like, damn foreign cards. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, finding the old good old WII. It's like wow. Actually, I, when I grew up, I didn't know what World War II was called, WWII, and that's how I learned it from watching Gremlins. Learned a lot from watching movies. It's very sad. We can tell. But uh, what, what else do, uh, did we like about the, about the movie? And then we can talk about what we didn't like because... I find it funny that Mrs. Uh, Eagle's animals are named after currency. <laughs> yeah, dollar, like dollar bill. bill. I think one's Deutschmark. Do- no, hold on. I actually Dragon think I have it. It's yeah. something, and then there's one that I don't know what it is, but I assume it's also money. It, it's yeah, uh, Kopeck, Dramcha, and Dollar Bill. I'm not saying that right. Um, Dra- yeah, Drachma, D R A C H M A, Drachma, I guess. 
Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, like, she's just hilarious anyway. Because Sarah said she's like a wicked witch. Yeah. Are you wicked witch of the West? Like, which I'll is, get you, my pretty. Which uh, technically that was what she was supposed to be representing. Like that was very on purpose that she that she she did that. Her death's my favorite. When <laughs> she just won't. zooms on her electric chair straight out the window and she's like legs up in the. Oh, also, in the, in the snow. It's very satisfying. It, it, Longest it, staircase ever, by the way. I know she lives in a skyscraper. Well, also I thought it was. Interesting is that it makes sense to me that Gizmo can read because you know you see him on the bed reading the magazines or comic books or whatever. But like, I just now think of this like, how the hell do they know her name's Deagle? I mean, they've not seen Mrs. Deagle, but then I was like, oh, they can read it's his Deagle Estates because that's, that's one of the things is stripes like Deagle, 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 and whatever. And then they, oh, are we moving on to plot holes? I mean, what we like, oh, sorry, no, this is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, I, I just like to, like, it's very 80s that to show her body, she, she's like, the chair's just there and the legs are up. I'm like, no, she'd not even be connected to that chair anymore. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so anything else that we enjoyed really about the movie besides Mrs. Deagle's death, which is very, <laughs> which is very gratifying in some ways. I love how much the gremlins love being gremlins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they just like ah, because they were they were mogwise, they were not happy, and then they turned into gremlins. They're like, yes, this is how I really this feel. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Gizmo was the only one. He's like, I don't want any of that chicken. I'm good. Which also that that scene was disgusting. Where they show them up close. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Why do they have human teeth? Okay, sorry. Well, it, <laughs> is this is it the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Um, <laughs> the uh, one thing I love is that they take a lot of in the beginning. They talk about the rules very, very like seriously. Yeah, yeah and it's I love how they talk about it. But then when he gets the uh, Gizmo wet and he tells his dad, his dad handles it very like, all right, whatever. And then he sees that they multiply, and he's all excited. It's like, well, he wants to make sweet money off oh, of the Peltzer pet. The, the Peltzer pet, and you're like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. Hard pass. I really love the final speech, like the uh, the voiceover at the end with the dad's giving. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if like he, giving you the warning, like there just might be a, a gremlin, gremlin in your house. Like, cool. Merry Christmas. I like how Mr. Wing doesn't have a car and he has to walk. So that means so he walked all the way from New York. <laughs> he walked all the way from Stanford to which is it where New York Chinatown or is it, San- it? It's New York Chinatown. Okay, New York and Chinatown. I, I'm assuming that's what it is because that's what it is in Gremlins too. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm using headcanon for the first movie. I'm going to assume that's what it is. Yeah, and I lived on the assumption that that was a controversial part of this movie, and then I read Wikipedia, and I guess it's not. It's oh else. no, yeah. So this is why I was one of the things I was going to talk about. Apparently, uh, there was controversy because some some group thought that the movie was saying that they were mimicking or making fun of African Americans, which I watched that movie and I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. Well, in terms of other things that could be bad of the movie, minus a few plot holes, like what 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 do we not like about this movie? I find it hard to actually like not like the movie and find like actual bad things that like, you know, if I really want to pick at it, I guess I could, but like it's taken me this long to actually go, oh geez, plot holes. I mean, obviously, outside of the rules, but it's too short. It's an hour and forty-five minutes. It could be 
three hours. Easily. Actually, there there was a cut that was like two hours and forty four minutes long because Quentin Tarantino's. I want to see more of that bar scene where she's. Still serving. Still serving them, which is my favorite part of it. That would be the Tarantino version, not. (laughs) Well, so man, so supposedly all the subplots that got cut with like Mrs. Deagle and the land grab. Matter of fact, every time every person that Billy says hello to, um, there was a subplot about that person, or you got to see their demise. So like, remember there was the one guy that comes up and talks to Pete buying the tree. He like smokes the pipe. I think it's. Carry Carrie Jr. I'm not mm. sure about that, but that, anyway, that guy. <laughs> but that. Well, hi. I like to buy a Christmas tree. All right. Hi. There's a gremlin over there. Hi. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. So, but no, like you. Matter of fact, you got to see his hand get eaten by the mailbox gremlin. The father, uh, Dr. Moreau, there was like, uh, the, I think there was a, something also I read cut out where the woman and the two children, you got to see what happened to them. Like, they followed everyone in town to find out what happens to them. And then, because Joe Dante worked under Roger Corman, and which is if you have a limited amount of money, like we have like $500 to shoot a movie in like a day. We're going to do, we're shoot to edit, which means shoot as much as you can and we can edit it down later. And it, so apparently he, fucking shot to edit the whole movie mm-hmm. and the original script or whatever and so and then they were like yeah we can cut that we can cut that we really want a PG-13 movie cut that yeah. so yeah that is funny that you said that I am intrigued to watch that movie but I don't think it would be an enjoyable experience it would just be more like a cool so that's how the father died and that's how that other guy died and you know I think Pete survived yay the was, Futtermans lived was there like a TV show or is it just movies it's movies. There's a TV show coming out, I think, called the the gift, the Mogwai, the Mogwai gift, or something for oh. Netflix. Let's say they have all this stuff. It, it'd be a cool TV show. It would be that because the gremlin out and get all these things out of the way, but yeah, no, that would be. I I would love to see a Gremlins TV Netflix, show. If you're listening, yeah, but I, well, I think they are. They're working on it. Match up those 80s properties. All right, here's the plot hole that bothered me. Okay, and we haven't mentioned this scene or this person at all yet. I don't oh. believe. The teacher, the science teacher. Oh, my God. God, Yeah. And this always bothered me that because I'm pretty sure, having watched this movie annually at Christmas, that it was Christmas Eve day and the kids were in school. We didn't do that in the 80s. Christmas break is like from December 18th. Yeah, I feel like that's a little. They were like in class on New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve. Yeah, and I feel like also this stuck out to me the other day. It could also because my wife is now is my not she's not is now she is a teacher. Hey, your now wife is a teacher. My now wife is a teacher, as opposed to my old wife, um, who is the same person. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna stop there. Hi, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> no, but. Pete is trying to talk to him because the, the Mogwai woke up or the cocoon, whatever it is, the metamorphosis happened and he's trying to get all the kids out so he can find the gremlin. And Pete's just like, can I talk to you about something that's kind of serious? He's like, no, no, uh, blah, blah, homework, get out, get out, get out. I was like, well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, what if it was serious? Like, what if he has to wear that fucking treak outfit again and he's having panic attacks? And I don't know. I, that's, that's not true. He's probably not. I don't know. I just that kind of irked me for a second. I was like, "Well, that's not a very good teacher. That's why he dies." He got his. Yeah. No. So, so what was? Snickers. That's right. Hey, oh, don't God. let hunger happen to you. <laughs> He's like, let me feed it to this animal. 
kind of science That's teachers. right. They should make a commercial where the gremlin eats the snicker and turns back into the mogwai. That, oh. uh, that would be Warner Brothers. We are giving you Even gold. if he eats it after midnight because oh. it's a Snickers. <laughs> yeah, that would Magic. be. Magic. Am, I am totally on board. That's a good idea. <laughs> we, we, we should get paid for that. Yeah, uh, listening. <laughs> They'll steal it. Such a no, did, did anyone feel like a needle in the ass was a was a lame way to go? No. Thought he bit his hand. <laughs> he bit his hand and probably bit his. He yanked him under the desk. What was in the needle? Well, I, I don't know. That's the all thing. the dangerous stuff they keep in fifth grade classrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah why was he qualified? Like, uh, do, you, do you remember the old days where everyone would unlock their doors and you know you could just you could be out at any time and your science teacher in fifth grade had like. A lot of bad chemicals that you could just shoot into your ass and kill yourself. Was Ted Bundy? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, supposedly uh, another weird factoid was apparently Steven Spielberg. They were, I think, they were about ready to shoot it, or they did shoot it, where they showed his face, and he had like I think a hundred, not a hundred, but like a lot of needles all over his face. Where did he get so many? That's a, in itself an excellent question, which leads to why the fuck did you take it to your science, local science teacher? But then, I mean. We talked about Stranger Things, and that is yeah, a that's general the Joyce Byers method. That's yeah. the Joyce. It's the kid <laughs> method. It's the well, the kids kind of make sense, but the Joyce Bride method too is just like that's the only smart person you can think of as the, 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 the local, local science teacher, elementary yeah. science teacher. Oh. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that kind of. And who sees a big old cocoon that has hatched and is like, yes, I'd be like, well, nine one one. Especially with all the smoke coming from the cocoon, I was like, I just saw a note. So at my job, they they had monarch butterflies, and we got to watch them hatch. Where the fuck's the smoke and the lights on that one? I was like, D plus for presentation. They both have a pupil stage. They were yeah. Oh yeah, it's like what what the hell is this? It's it's, it's well at Pete they call that the pupil stage. Yeah, what is I think the, the, the yeah. putrid stage. The, oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, also Corey Feldman, young Corey Feldman. I think it's one of his first movies. Yeah. Yeah. Little Corey Feldman. Yep. He's like, can I have one? <laughs> oh, until one of them tries to buy him. And then he's like, don't you think that's neat, Pete? Oh, yeah, it's cool. And it's like, uh, yeah. Then he puts on his uh, 3D glasses and reads a comic book. Yeah. Even though it, technically it wasn't really Billy's fault. It was technically Pete's fault. For yeah. being a fucking... She's like, oh, it's Aww. so cute. That's what he gets for being an artist. Oh, no. 30 seconds in the room. I was always disturbed by that. Though. Gizmo was just like having a seizure and shooting balls out. And, and, yeah, they're just kind of staring at him like Johnny Bench. It's like no one's doing anything. It's like no one's trying to help him. They're just like watching. That, that, that old chestnut. That would be horrible Like <laughs> if uh, if something bad happens to anyone else in his house. And he's just like just staring at him. Like <laughs> he's still, uh, Gizmo's still like going through something. Like, yeah. even after the whole thing's over, and they're just like... And you the know. work on the puppet for how horrible, horrified, painful he looks is kind of... I mean, it's kind of like, oh, God, that... He's yeah. scream- and then the scream is loud, and... They're too cognizant. <laughs> Don't well, so you talked about special special it's effects are awesome in this movie, but except when they like the ending where he hits the thing, it just looks like someone just like threw a toy gizmo at like, oh. the window. <laughs> it just like it's like, all like really stiff. Hits it. <laughs> Honestly, I I it wouldn't surprise me if someone in the cast. So apparently, because gizmo would break down all the time, and then, and then also a lot of the cast that well, Chris Wallace's team had to build that gizmo like late in production. They hated gizmo. And so, um, <laughs> hey, no, literally, no jokes. I, I, there is a, there is a. So the scene where uh, before you actually see the gremlins, they hang Gizmo up on the dartboard. 
that's the cast throwing darts at Gizmo because they fucking hated that that doll. They he, really hated him. He knows him. it too. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. Um, but I maintain, if Billy had a cat instead of a dog, those, oh, that would those not. Mogwais never would have grown to full, <laughs> full height. A little furry ball would have popped off, and the cat would have been like. And then the the <laughs> big conversation would have been, "Hey, mom, where's Gizmo?" <laughs> like, like. Womp, womp. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make my controversial statement of this podcast. Yes. I, We're ready. I tend to drop a bomb on every one of them. Uh, yeah, um, it's okay. That's that's why we have you here. I don't think Gizmo's that cute. <gasps> oh, he's terrifying. Back. Thank back. you, Dallas. He is terrifying. Like if my dad brought that home for me for Christmas, I'd be like, get that out of my house. I don't care well, how well you play a keyboard. Please. He talks human talk. I don't want it. He talks like human talk. Am, am I the Kill only person it. who does not want a mogwai for a pet? Because no. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I had a Furby and that was enough and it was not okay. I never even had a Furby. No. Oh, you. yeah. How does he get clean? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> Howie Mandel <laughs> sacrifices does, vocal cords so for you. So you know how animals will lick themselves? Like, can he lick himself? Because the saliva would make him multiply? Does his head turn like oh. a cat? Uh, that's, that himself? was the real question. That was the real question. That's us. <laughs> us all. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will do think it's funny if you look up for art for the first Gremlins, like fan art or just even <laughs> other art. Um, I even Mondo is this company that does like like releases of older films and newer films. Like they do like really fancy like new age arty posters, and some of them are look absolutely amazing. And I just remember, though, they show the Gremlins, they draw them exactly like they were in the 84 version, not the new batch, but then they use Gizmo from Gremlins 2, who just looks, gee golly darn cuter, like, legitimately designed to be super cute, and they had the money to do it, and then he does not look like the fucking first movie Gizmo, because... He looks a little rough around the edges. I like Rambo Gizmo is my favorite version. <laughs> Rambo, Rambo. <laughs> what, what, happened, it, but... what happened to him? I guess they pushed him too far. <laughs> You'll get that later. Okay. Yeah, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I have to see that. Dallas is looking at me like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You'll keep get leaning back going, Nick, do I know this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're like Captain America. I get that reference. I don't get that reference. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gizmo does bleed in this movie. Is that considered liquid or what? It's not considered oh. water. It's, it's, I, but that's the thing. Is like, what's his blood made up of from the to begin with? I, I, I don't know. Like, that's a. Uh... It was written by Chris Columbus, who uh, yeah. actually went to my high school. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Not the same time. At the same time. No, no, no. Yeah, he did. What What high school did you go to? If you I went to Warren. J- Warren JFK, um, which is in Warren, Ohio. That's why it's Warren JFK, not to be confused with other JFKs. <laughs> and uh, so, any, okay. So, anything else bad about Gremlins, though? I mean, we've covered the game, and I feel. Do you think all the chlorine in a YMCA pool would just kill anything that tried to like? Try to well, especially because they're. I guess their pores are opening up, so they can produce the babies or whatever off their backs. So disgusting. <laughs> That's that more disgusting like than a real childbirth. Uh, <laughs> those toads that keep their babies in sacks inside their skin. I want to see the mo- how, how the mogwais create the cocoon. Do you just like start like Throwing up, turning inside out, turning yeah. inside out. Yeah. So I, that's one of the things I also enjoyed it in the, a little bit better. And they show you a little bit more because really you don't even see what it looks like when they start to multiply until the end when Stripe puts his finger in. And then the second one, I actually enjoyed it where the little bumps on their back start to grow and mutate, and there's like they're like just kind of curled up in there, and you can kind of fucking see it, and it's disgusting. So gross. Um. Now, oh, did anyone find it? 
do you ever sit there as like because right now they can CGI anything? Do you, when you watch the Mogwais grow from the ball, and then when Stripe's skeleton just melts into goo on camera, do you ever sit there and go like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, no, like because I feel like like even Ghostbusters, I even nowadays like I love Ghostbusters, but you know like well they're probably like doing the puppet, the Slimer puppet somewhere else on a. Like a shotting it elsewhere like on a blue screen or green screen and then they have to like old school superimpose it on top of the normal celluloid hoping that they don't fuck up the original the, the negative of the original footage of them walking through the yeah you're like dear god it's like the original star wars they had to go through each frame and like like scratch on the actual negative to create the lightsaber that would be like well if you fuck up shit yeah you're done you, you can't i mean yeah some say the whole movie's fucked up but that's neither here nor there. It, it's terrifying. So it's the same thing. Like, how the hell do they do that? And I still don't know. Like, I we looked the other day and I couldn't find nothing on it. Like, I think it. They, I think the. I, I think the Mogwais was balloons. I like, think Gremlins for, are real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just incinerated a real Gremlin. What do we've come to the conclusion on? We Space think Gremlins are real. Story. <laughs> it's really I, I what. I, I think it looks. I think the one bubbling gremlin is probably just like a balloon that they inflate. Well, the, inflate. the balloon, but like when they they actually show like the skeleton like fully formed, just slowly slowly just conflate and and melt yeah. and turn into goo, and that's why I'm just like. And then they cut away and they cut back, and that's when it's the and that to me could be like yeah, that could be a balloon. Yeah. What if it was chocolate. <gasps> just throw a chocolate bar like and show it. Chocolate. Yeah. Like do they put like green food coloring in it or something? And is that what you're is that what you're saying? Yeah, you could do that. You, you know way more about <laughs> about confectionettes and stuff like that than I will ever. You could mold something into chocolate and then just have it melt. That's chocolate melts can simple. confirm. Chocolate yeah. melts. <laughs> I'm a scientist. <laughs> I'm a sci- <laughs> and it is like sped up. Yeah, so it might when be he's, or when he's butter. melting. So. That is true. So it might have melted slowly and it just sped up. I'm just more intrigued by the fact that they actually use chocolate on the set and they're just like, where's our chocolate, our green nasty chocolate? Spread it out over there. And then, yeah, I don't know. They're I don't know why now. it's apparently. Over there. <laughs> over there, please. No, no, thank you. I still don't know how they got the Snow White clips in <laughs> Warner Brothers it's, movie. It's Spielberg. It was all Spielberg. It's Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, and he did Roger Rabbit. And then, yeah, I was going to say, was. It was also chocolate. <laughs> Snow White was also chocolate. Try bit and make it funnier. How they pitch it to Disney execs? We want to use Snow White footage. And he's like, well, as long as the gremlins like it, that's all that. Means. Oh, yeah. So I want you to say they love it. So the the last weird bit of factoid trivia I have on this movie is that, um, and I think we can just unless anyone else has anything else, we can we can we can call it a day. Uh, I was gonna say I like the soundtrack. Oh, oh the soundtrack Goldsmith. is really good. Oh my god. Um, Orchestrator of nightmares. I've seen the Secret of Nim multiple times. Mm-hmm. I didn't he know also he also did. does the soundtrack. <laughs> he also does the soundtrack for Rudy, um, and he also does a lot of the Star Trek films. Uh, he did Poltergeist, which is a great soundtrack. Yeah, he did yeah. Poltergeist. He, yeah, if you look him up, like I have Apple Music, and I will. I actually, in prep for this, I would. Uh, uh, you guys probably didn't get a chance to hear, it, but we had some pre-show music with some of the Gremlin tracks on there. And some of the matter of fact, like one of my favorite instrumental scores is the part where they walk through town and it's just dead, empty, and probably full of dead people. Dead, yeah. And dead people. <laughs> um, and they play that weird, like ominous, like silent night, holy night. 
and it's just it's yeah. it's creepy as shit. And on the soundtrack on Apple Music, they have you give you two versions. They have one where there's no Silent Night, and then he there's another one with Silent Night, and like it's just creepy. And it's re I mean it's really good. He he's a wonder. It's a yeah he's a wonderful composer. He's very talented. I yes, like he is. Him. And I've only sung the theme song twice, so <laughs> I'll refrain. But it sounds like if a gremlin were singing its own theme song. That's what it would sound like. Do it, Jess. Do it. Well, I will say, though, the Mrs. Deagle song, like when she comes in, it's like. It feels like she's just like a really weird, like marionette that's just kind of flopping around. That's what the music sounds like. And also, it feels very like synth based. You know, or electronic compared to some of the rest of the score. I don't know. It's, it feels very out of place when you're watching the movie. And Gizmo's got a good theme. Yeah. Da, 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 I know you da, don't think da, it's da, da. adorable, but it is good. Oh, I don't think that song is cute. <laughs> <laughs> you feel nothing. You're like, I, I don't want nothing. one in my house. <laughs> uh, so apparently, the executives, after they watched like close to the final cut of the movie, after all the other battles and stuff they they fought. One of the executives, or not one, all of them agreed. They're like, we feel that you need to cut out some more gremlins. And Steven Spielberg's response is like, and what? Just call the movie People? What, is that what you want to do? And that shut him up. And I was just like, good for you, Steve. <laughs> I, I wish <laughs> they filmed this movie with all the gremlins in it, and they just took them, all the gremlins out, and then <laughs> so they just showed so, just, so literally, it's like, five, it's like ten minutes long of just people. So you just see a, a shot of like Billy walking, saying hello, like pretty much the first half of the movie. And taking his dog to the bank. Taking his <laughs> yeah. dog to the bank, to Mrs. Deagle. And then you cut to, he's frantically getting into the car, he's running into the school, running out of the school, running into the YMCA, running out of the YMCA. That's hilarious. The you movie see, is... But you get your favorite scene, Dallas, you get the scene in the bank. I know. <laughs> that and you would get the Christmas You get the Christmas trees, monologue. Yeah. yeah. So you're just like, what is this short film project about? Why is it called Gremlins? I love it because it's like, you just the opening scene is a guy, a salesman in Chinatown trying to sell... <laughs> A bathroom buddy to oh, I, a guy so in the ridiculous. shop, and then it just cuts away because <laughs> they don't see Gizmo. That's what maybe it would just be a movie about the inventions because you'd get like the Christmas scene with the or the kitchen scene with the orange juice, yeah, machine. Which, you just yeah. it'd be the egg a cracker movie. that yeah. would pierce your hand. So, here's a, a plot hole. About how the inventions. hell did they clean up the kitchen that fast, right? With she's orange a powerful juice. mom, she's she a powerful mom, yes. the power of mom. No, <laughs> so, I. I, but I will say this though, and every time I watch it, it does make it, it kind of warms my heart. Is that there's the scene with the mom and the dad sitting there, and they're, they're trying to make coffee, and she's like, "I don't think we can eat this," and it's like a nice little. You, it's, that's their entire relationship, and it's like it's only in one scene that you get to really see it. But it's like it's it says enough about because you're just, just like there's a part of you that's like, "Honey, you suck at this. It's just what are you doing?" And she doesn't say that at all. It's just like I don't think we can eat that, drink well, this. She's really excited when he comes home. Yeah. Like, Your dad's home. And she like goes in and takes his coat. And yeah. He's singing and all that stuff. That's, I, oh, that's 80s love. Domestic. Oh, I just found out the Ooh. biggest plot hole in this movie. What? what? Okay, so you know how he sells the ashtray? The smokeless ashtray. To the gas station attendant. Yes. Well, Mr. Wing, when we come, we just talked about it. He doesn't have a car. Why would he? Because he makes a Did, joke. He's like, is it an ashtray that someone tried to sell me? Uh, at the end, he comes in. Well, did he stop get, there though? Is that that's what he says? He stopped there, and someone tried to sell him oh, an ashtray. So why did he go if he doesn't? He have so why did he go if he didn't have a car? Or maybe he did. 
God maybe his car was parked way far away. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know how like, you're trying to find someone's parking. house and you just park so you don't look like you're the an idiot? The road could be I've blocked because of all of the damage done by the villains. Yeah. <laughs> it's winter, too. It it's winter. Oh, last shot's them walking with no cars around. I don't know. Yeah, that would be... Well, uh, the, the Futtermans were still alive, and we, you, it, they don't. They say it's like very hard to hear, but the guy at the news thing at the end was just like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna cut to our guy at the hosp- local hospital where Maury Futterman's gonna tell you about his near-death experience with little green men or whatever." And you're just like, "Oh, cool!" Because when I watched the second one, I'm like, "How the fuck did the Futtermans survive? Yeah. They got bulldozed." I mean, and granted, they're right near the window, and you can go, "Oh, they jumped out the window," but. Are they going to jump out the did fucking they, window? You're... Did Murray jump out the window? Well, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. And also, like, he seemed really, oh, my God, it's a gremlin, an actual gremlin in my cab. Ah. Uh... <laughs> so. My cab's not a foreign car. Do you guys ever wonder in real life? Like, so he was, like, just watching his Red Skeleton totally unaware. <laughs> but, like. Good, good on picking that up, by the way, Red Skelton. Anything, yeah. Nice, nice. Like, just sitting there watching TV, unaware of all the carnage and crazy stuff going on. Much like, to bring it up again, Stranger Things, my <laughs> favorite, Ted Wheeler, so clueless, doesn't know anything that's going on. Do you ever wonder if, like, in real life, there is some weird shit going on, and you're just the clueless one? I think you're like, that a lot. You're blowing my fucking mind. Like, right what now. if there's little monsters out there right now, guys? Oh, and we're just the clueless ones. We're, we're just not, we're not hearing the about it. Now, is it, a gover- is it because it's a government cover-up kind of thing? or? Yes, it's somebody else's problem. Who, Maybe a bunch of teenagers have... on bikes? Yes. Maybe we don't have the licensing rights and we can't see it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Go have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something, this is a happy place.